and Wolf podcast. This is a history thing uh, where I am on one side of the internet. Nathan, he's over on the other. Nathan, can you hear me from over there? I can, in fact, hear you through the series of tubes. That's relevant, right? Because uh, there's an election and Al Gore lost. We made that joke already. Did we? I think we already made that joke like last time. Spencer, last time was one, untellable amounts of time ago. And two, before I chugged an entire bottle of Robitussin. Um, and that's a before time that I can't get back to. And before Nathan's ticking time bomb takes him to Joshua Tree, um, I have a, a whimsical, fantastical story, Nathan. Take me away. A great Julius escape. Julius Wagner. Julius Wagner. Take me away. Okay, I figured you had more lyrics. I got a pocket. Got a pocket full of sunshine. Julius Wagner you was think born Natasha in the Bettingfield spring. Will give us the rights for this episode. You think we could get those from Celine? Never sued us. I think Natasha is probably less litigious. If I can't get through this sentence, I'm having Yellow Card Avenue write our theme song. Yellow Card Avenue, and that's a threat. Yellow Card Avenue. You took the name of the band oh, and one word from their most famous track. You slammed them together and said, <laughs> "I want those good boys with the electric violin from Yellow Card Avenue to come on down to Brock My Electric Avenue, not Ocean hey, Avenue." Their hit single. You. You give me more of this attitude, <laughs> and and green American idiots can have a fucking word with you too. <laughs> I realized the other day watching mashup videos on YouTube um, that that people using that like Boulevard of Broken Dreams and mashups now is like the equivalent of me putting Van Halen in when that song originally came out and mashing it's, those two up together, and it's upsetting. It's like sixteen years old, right? Uh-huh. So, two thousand five. So if we have 15, 2004, 5, yep. 15, yeah, it is old. It's very old. Yep. I do plan to use eruption in my next TikTok. <sighs> so Julius Wagner. What if we did this born. show on TikTok? Spencer. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Spencer, what if we turned <laughs> what if we found a way to do this all in one minute? You think we can manage? I don't Nathan, I've dumbed down so many people's life stories into like 30 minutes. How how could I summarize Joseph Nash McDowell into I a minute? I bet we could do a series of them all back to back to back and like stitch them together and do little part one, part two, part two. I could tell the William of Rubric story in seven very tight one minute chunks if I was forced to. I'm telling you we can do this. I believe. I think, okay. So the metrics, I'm, I've been looking at the analytics lately. Okay. And there's a key demographic we're not hitting, Nathan. Is it, which is it the, everyone? Everyone. Which all is the all people. of them. Okay. Actually. Okay. All but right. You know who's included in everyone? Teens. Teens. And where are teens? Uh, I've been led to believe them all. Wrong. Those are dead. TikTok. Damn it. See, this is why I'm not good at this. Spencer, you wanted to tell me a story. I do. About a guy named Orange Julius. I mean, Julius Damn Wagner. It. Born in the spring of 1857 in Wells, Austria. Oh, God. To his parents, Ludokiva and Adolf. No, 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 no. That's right. Secret son. No, no, sir. No. That's right. You're telling me Adolf had a secret lover in the 1800s? That's right. Adolf Hitler, um, who would go on to become the, the, you know, fucking chancellor of Germany at the ripe age of like 80. Is, is, okay. I just had a panic attack because the little laundry hamper behind you fell over and, and like launched itself. Now there is an animal. My cat's being rambunctious. Your cat is being rambunctious, but I wasn't prepared for that because it blends into the background. 
So uh, I've I've this is the start of my uh, uh, my DMT hallucination trip that will be this episode, and it ain't going great. I wish I could attribute that to how boring the story is so far. No, but the, I've gotten through a sentence. The story's great. I'm riveted. Adolf <laughs> went back in time, had a baby with Luda Luda Wittgenstein or whatever, and we're we're kicking it off now. Adolf was a hot to trot bureaucrat in Austria. Okay, so you've making... just described Hitler again, Spencer. Spencer, you just described <laughs> Hitler again. Stop doing that! I also could have said he breathed air and chat and <laughs> ate food. Also would have overlapped. Does he paint? Now, I can't show my whole hand yet. Oh, no. If he starts painting, I swear to God, I'm shutting this whole thing down. Uh, now, Julius, because of this, because of his hot-to-trot father, uh, was both very privileged and very bereft of paternal affection. I mean, yeah, that's Not tries. a game of catch to be had, Julius. Better luck next time. <laughs> Daddy has to go off and do bureaucracy. He attended the famous old Schotten Gymnasium in Vienna and started reading medicine at Vienna University in 1874. I will never be okay with the concept of when you say someone studied something, calling it reading it. What are you doing? I'm reading medicine. Okay there, Timmy. When I was a lad, I read Calvin and Hobbes. I, I, Julius read medicine, that's, all of it. Because that's the problem, is that's my assumption. When you say he read the thing, I assume it's a book. And I'm now assuming that you're telling me this man sat down in a gymnasium and opened up a book that says medicine on the front. And I'm worried about that person. Uh, I feel like by 18, uh, what is he? He's a lad. 1874, yeah, so by 1874, I'm pretty sure we could have fit all of the useful, practical medical knowledge of human history into a nice hardback book that just says medicine on the front. When was Semmelweis born? When was Semmelweis born? Because throw out everything before him. Everything before that is just wash your damn hands, and you have one page. It's a pamphlet. You could fit <laughs> that on TikTok. Semmelweis could have taught medicine on TikTok. Everybody... Get on your cock and bull bingo cards, because so far we have rich father and studied in Vienna. Uh-huh, and guys, the Vienna ones, nothing in Austria goes well. I would have to go make a make a, a, a pie, or some various point graph, but on things that end well and Austria, those axes never really intersect. The problem with Vienna is uh, it is the, of the world's Venn diagram of influential Europeans, it is the one singularity. Like, name one spot. That was overlapped by Adolf Hitler and Trotsky. Spencer, as a goddamn tanky, I'm a little concerned with how much you know about Trotsky right now. Listen, it's a little fun fact. Someone, I was watching a video, someone pointed out a cafe, it was like, Trotsky and Hitler were both there. And I'm 90% sure that guy was in Vienna. I'm pretty sure both. Yeah, okay, all right. I mean, I'm glad that they're comparing the two together, but I don't enjoy this. I don't I enjoy mean, this at all. Com compared, again, on the most base level. They breathe the same building. air in the same place. That feels now, comparative. Yeah. While studying while studying out here in Vienna, he made a couple important connections. First of which was a valued professor. We've all got those important professors. Everyone has one. Everybody's got one. One that will change your entire major from psychology to communication by saying, you have a nice voice. You should try this. And you saying, okay. <laughs> That's also what we call in the business grooming. Um, but that's a, that's a story for another day. One of my professors was arrested for soliciting sex from his students. So, um, is it the one that <laughs> anyway. told Spencer your voice is pretty? You should do communications. The world will never know. Is among one of them, an experimental pathology professor named Solomon Stricker. All right, now that's a cool Solomon. Is it 
Solomon Von Stricker or Solomon Stricker? Solomon. Okay, that's more impressive. That and that yes, that Solomon. Big turban led uh oh oh what nation is that in Civ Five? I can do this. I can do Istanbul. That would be Suleiman. Suleiman? Oh, they you know what? Might as well be Adolf and Adolf. Yeah, no, they're they're the same except spelled completely differently. Yeah, no, they're close. It's kind of like an anagram of names. <laughs> now after Julius got his MD Yellow Card Avenue. After Julius <laughs> got his MD in medicine in eighteen eighty. Stricker offered Julius the opportunity to work in his lab, which late he would stay night. on with for about two years. Yeah, damn it! I was late sorry. one night. The, the robotussin slowing me down. I got. I got to get. I got to get quicker. I got it. I got it. It was a dark. It was a stormy night. Candlelit chest hair, lab coat barely hanging on. Well, I was there. doing monster mash. You're doing porn. I don't. I'm projecting from my arrested professor. <laughs> uh, those two years gave him time to perform not just his own duties in the lab, but to pursue extracurricular research using Stricker's equipment. Ah, uh, and what kind of doctor is Stricker, Spencer? It's very important right now to me. It's very important. Yeah, the medical kind, you That's know. That's very, very vague. Like, he's uh, he's he's got, like, probably a brain in a jar. Ah, a, there it is. A skeleton that hangs on, like, a diorama yeah, thing. Yeah, that you move around um, and shape. Yeah. Uh, he's probably got, like, a Garfield poster that says something about paying attention. <laughs> a doctor of medicine. No, this, this, this does all track. Yeah. How many corpses are in the building, and why is he doing the things he's doing to them, Spencer? like a Bunsen burner. Okay, um, all right, neat, neat. You assume there's some, some twisty tubes that the blue liquid goes through before it turns green? Yes. Okay, all right. Definitely. All right. This is where we introduce uh, another another pal of his. Oh, good. Uh, a, pal of, a pal of both Stricker's and soon to be a pal of Julius's, um, a fellow University of Vienna graduate who was at the time waffling between passions of neuroscience and shotgunning six packs of cocaine. If Sigmund Freud walks into this goddamn building, I will the come. man, the myth, I the coke feed. I swear to God, Spencer kicks open the door with two ten-pound bricks taped to his hands, just, like he always just did. Eight, eight, old eight-ball Freud roaming through the countryside. <laughs> Was at this time charting his course to the testicles of the eel, an extraordinary anatomical feat that for some reason nobody wanted to talk about him at length with. No. Um, nobody that is except Julius Wagner. He found his weirdo. Everybody needs the their weirdo. <laughs> he found his. The two shared an unconventional interest in animal dissection and experimentation. Um, now that sounds bad, Nathan. Yeah, I know how that I'm sounds. I'm pretty sure it's one of the signs of a serial killer. Pretty sure. Fairly confident. I learned in the process of researching this that animal experimentation uh, and dissection was not actually commonplace. It would not be for many years after this point. Well, and Spencer, can I posit a hypothesis as to why that is? Sure, go ahead. Because it's fucking weird. Mm, uh, I would like I to don't... put forward the it's fucking gross, you weirdo. Stop taking it apart. I don't know, man. Like, how am I supposed to get good deodorant? If a whole generation of beagles doesn't die. Yeah, it's less the be it's less that it's more the taking them apart. After I've seen the inside of one hamster that had piss injected into it. How many more I hamsters must I see? <laughs> we also sent dogs into gas chambers for the uh, for the for the <sighs> gas that we didn't end up using in World War One. Yeah, 
Yeah, we sent a dog to space. That seems like a far more noble way to use animals in experimentation. Salute to comrade Lucky too, like you. I I think I do get. I, I do think I get the the dog that went to space and uh, Leica, Leica, and 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 the small cameraman that follows you around in Super Mario sixty four confused. Um, yes, far more than um, a person should. It, well, they're so. I mean, listen. In my brain, they're neighbors. Yellow Card Avenue. One of them does have a gorilla song, though, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's not the Mario character, which is strange. Unpopular as animal experimentation may have been throughout history, I cannot help but think to that fact of Pliny the Elder. Oh, our fir- we're finally crossing over with Sawbones, the the crossover you've all been clamoring for. Pliny's getting involved. <laughs> Pliny, yes, Pliny the Elder, a Roman naturalist born in 23 AD, uh, who picked up a salamander and thought, this thing's probably fireproof, before performing the saddest experiment of the decade. Yeah, yeah, they ain't. They ain't. They ain't. I, I, I hate to break they it to y'all, they ain't. Etching into his tablet, just like furiously looking back from the fire to the tablet. Fire makes sleepy. <laughs> Colleagues described him not Pliny the Elder, <laughs> but Julius. <laughs> I would love to know what Pliny's old colleagues described him as. Oh, no, it's Salamander Guy. <laughs> oh, it's the fucking weird dude with the lizards. Oh, oh, he smells like burnt lizard. Oh, you can't get that smell out. Colleagues described him as a brilliant but extremely difficult person. A man able to think outside the box, but who also claimed that common principles didn't apply to him, and who lived by the motto, quote, a man with character needs no principles. This guy's gonna get along with actual Hitler very well if they ever cross paths. This man, oh, this is some, this is some Mengele looking mother. This, if you told me this Nathan. guy changed his name and did some Mengele shit, I would not be surprised. I don't see what's wrong. All he needs is character and zero principles. Yeah, no, Nothing he's the Ubermensch. Him and I'm sure Nietzsche's going to walk in any moment now because the time is close and then we're going to get some real fun things. A brave New York real estate magnate once said, I believe nothing. Yeah, no, that tracks. When Julius was 25, his father, Adolf, upgraded to an Austro-Hungarian noble with the rank of Ritter. That being just below the rank of Baron. And right above the rank of Three's Company. I tried looking into why exactly he was promoted, but to no avail. Um, I did, however, find his coat of arms, which uses the Latin phrase, through hardships to the stars. For some reason, this also changed his last name to Wagner-Yareg. I'm pretty sure all Austro-Hungarians, if you wanted to get nobility, you had to adopt a uh, Hungarian, Austrian and Hungarian last name. Kind of like when you get married and you have to, you know, you do like a hyphenated last name. You have to sort of like how the popes, like their name, they take on a new name when they become popes. Think the whole uh, aristocratic system in Austria-Hungary worked that way. I could be wrong. The only thing I know about Austro-Hungarian royalty I learned from the uh, weird BBC miniseries Fall of Eagles. Yeah, Fall of Eagles. Speaking of Trotsky, it does have uh, Sir Patrick Stewart as Vladimir Lenin. Uh, in just the best casting that the universe has ever come across. He destroys Lennon. Oh, he's so good. Bald and with a stash? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, he had the stash. I can't, I just can't picture that peace stew with a stash. Mm, look it up, baby. Look up peace stew. And then you can get a good fit. And then you have this effeminate wank that played Trotsky. Um, eh, just mm. talking about his poetry and his, his, his love for man. 
Uh, that it started so promising and ended so poorly. Fall of Eagles. Don't watch it. Uh, but <laughs> unless you're looking for a piece two compilation, it doesn't come until episode eight. Their hour long miniseries. I watched the whole thing thinking I would need context. They're all independent of each other. I just watched eight hours of melodrama from the eighties. Imagine like an eighties soap opera sort of style melodrama about the, all of the interwoven Austro Prussian <laughs> French English, German, like I, I saw a lot of Kaiser Wilhelm that I did not want to see just to get to this. And then they just <laughs> did my boy so dirty. They did him so dirty. Oh, and Kaiser was... Wilhelm isn't even a suitable, like melodramatic antagonist. Kaiser Wilhelm is a comedic relief oh, he's antagonist. He's not the antagonist. Otto von Bismarck's the antagonist. He just sits there and cries all the time. He's just like an 80-year-old man that just is like, why don't people like me? He just does that, that a lot. On point, though. Very Seems on kind point. of on point. Very on point. Yeah. But not enjoyable to watch. No. No. No, 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 no. Actually, I mean, it now, was. I watched eight hours of it. I have a problem. <laughs> now, Nathan, to bring it on back to Julius. Um, oh, yeah. The weirdo taking apart bugs and their people and dogs. Yeah, all of the above, really, at this point. Um, I do want to kind of catch us up with how he looks by this point. Um, I can't put it to words quite as well as I can show you a picture. So here is him looking like the Stranger Danger guy. Okay. From the Neighborhood Watch signs. Very excited for this new new audiovisual element of our podcast. You'll find it on the uh, uh, the Discord channel, uh, ah, Picks of pic Dicks. Picks of Dicks, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. my God, that's Daniel Day Goddamn Lewis. You <laughs> showed Daniel Day Lewis. You've shown me a picture of Daniel Day Lewis from There Will Be Blood, um, and you can't convince me fucking otherwise. Well, anyway, Julius picked up a few positions over the next few years. Fuckmaster General is that one of them? Because uh, <laughs> that man fucks. Laboratory internships, the Department of Internal Diseases, all until he was extended an offer in 1883 to lecture at the uh, Leidesdorf Psychiatric Clinic. Uh oh. He's I, with add, Freud. I don't want him lecturing in a psychiatric clinic. You don't want him lecturing in a psychiatric clinic because dis he had zero credentials. Yeah. He had not studied psychology in any way. Now, to be clear, I don't think most psychologists have actual credentials when it comes down. It to was still being invented. Now, You're not at the wrong. Time, but <laughs> again, Freud's credentials were an eight ball and some hopes and dreams. Like it, there wasn't a lot to go on there. Still. He lectured on the pathology of the nervous system for about three years before the faculty decided, eh, he's got it, and gave him the old brain juju on the curriculum. I, I, I do love the concept of if I just talk about it long enough, I am now an expert at it. And if that were true, how long have we been talking about fucked up psych? Like, how long until we get our honorary, you know, psych degrees from all the bullshit we've had to wade through here? Was Pliny the Elder an expert on salamanders? No. Was he salamander guy to everybody in town? Yes. No, I mean, that tracks. There you have it. That tracks. When the clinic's chief died in 1887, Julius's six years were enough for him to succeed control of the clinic. Two years later, whoa, 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 his whoa, fame... Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. We need to talk, he inherited the clinic. We need to talk about this inheritance crisis like a weird Crusader Kings 3 lineage thing. Is that how they do it's it? basically it. Yeah, it's pretty much it. You just in eighteen in eighteen eighties Austrian clinics. Yes, 
Okay, I I have. The, we're a family, that, and there is a patriarch. I was about to say this is such a weird. Like I'm just imagining like senior, like junior doctors murdering a senior doctor to move up in inheritance rank. Oh, I see. I see where the confusion came. This would have made much more sense off the cuff if I hadn't. I said the clinic's chief. I meant the clinic's chieftain. Oh, okay. Yes. No. This yeah. makes far more. Far more sense in a, uh, a tribal community. Yes. All right. We're good. Yes. He passed down the bone whip. Julius held it aloft and said, bow to me. I am your god. I'm just, I mean, again, it's a clinic. So he's got the big cow skull on. He's got a staff. Uh-huh. He's good. Yeah. We like to have fun here. We like to have fun here. <laughs> Casual Fridays. We're not like the other clinics. Two years later, his fame in the medical circles of Vienna earned him a contract with the local government to treat an uptick in goiters among the locals. Can you explain to me why he's famous? Because I have not heard it yet. Well, Just I mean, a good he doctor? went to battle with the... Yeah, he conquered the other clinics. Okay, that um, is factual. Again, held the bone whip aloft. <laughs> We've been through this. He's <laughs> you know famous. What? I, 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 I concede the bit. You win. Um, Freud introduces him at all the parties. of like, listen, back when I was chump shit. <laughs> nobody fucking nobody knew me nobody cared nobody wanted to talk guy. about my weird di- habit of dissecting people no one was into it julius was into it he's he's rdj at the oscars trying to prop up mel gibson like come on buddy look, nobody gave me the time of day except this guy look at Be that nice mustache to him. look at it oh <laughs> so Uptick of goiters in the locals. The locals, they got those red swollen necks. Pump them full of thyroid iodine. inflammations. That's th- and Nathan, pump them full of iodine he did. Yes! By, by adding iodine to the local salt supply, the thyroid condition began to dwindle, and Julius was once again hailed as cool medicine dude. I mean, that tracks. I learned it from, because I watched House as a kid, because our father watched nothing but House for about five years of my life. Throughout the next decade, Julius would begin his most famous work. While working at the state's lunatic asylum in the 1890s, he developed the theory of pyrotherapy. Oh, no. So dear. Oh, no, 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 no. He's going to light people on fire to cure the crazy. Now, while Pliny the Elder used fire to cure salamanders of life, Julius was ensconced with the idea of curing psychosis. Oh, no. With fevers. Oh, um, mm, all right. I mean, they're both hot. They're both hot. Fevers. The body's mechanism for killing colds, viruses, other foreign bodies. He wants to use them to cure mental conditions. Man, that would be great if mental conditions were, in fact, caused by an invading pathogen that you could get real hot and burn out. Well, Nathan, I... I don't know. I don't know about I don't know about your tone there. After all, why shouldn't fevers be able to cure anxiety, depression, mania, schizophrenia? Because you've gotten fevers before and you're still sad. Uh, but like I'm not in an active state of fever. So who's to say we can't fix this with a little cookie cookie, little 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 bod flambe? I mean, common sense says it, but sure. Mm, I don't know. All of our knowledge was in one book called Medicine. Author, everybody, everybody that came before you. Now, how, Nathan? Work with me here. How would you induce a fever? How would I induce a fever? Well, I could get you sick with something unrelated that would I know cause a feverish response, or I could just put you in a sauna and crank that bad boy up and just leave you there. 
just mm, leave you there. Like a oh, like a nice little under the house vomit sauna. Your yellow fever vomit yeah, sauna. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to cook you like a frog. I'm going to cook you like a frog. You can't just wait for a fever to stroll on in. This is the uh, this is the variable. We gotta induce it. So the answer, Nathan, you are in fact dead on the nose. Have you ever heard of malaria? You know, funnily enough, I have heard of malaria. It's this little-known gem from the disease scene. It's a banger. Now, malaria, in case uh, everybody hasn't heard episode 56 on Stubbins Firth and Yellow Fever, malaria had been raging the East and the West for about 30 years by that point. Severely, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Though the malaria parasite had only just been discovered in an Algerian lab in 1880, uh, the bloodborne parasite came with a number of symptoms, including uh, shaking chills, headaches, full body aches, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and ding, 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 fever. <laughs> ding, ding. Last but not least, you're warm. And, and oh, it's fever with the steel chair. <laughs> Yellow fever, a very similar condition, got its name for its shared trait with malaria. The yellowing, I mean, that the yellow part's like when your skin gets yellow and yeah. your eyes get yellow because your, your red blood cells are gone. Yeah. Um, now, he doesn't get the malaria idea right away, though. In the 1890s, he flirted with the idea of using uh, tuberculin, a protein extracted from tuberculosis and a common treatment for the disease at the time. It didn't really work. Uh, it doesn't but... sound like it does. No, that seems like a poor one. And not only did it not really work on tuberculosis, but, well, when it didn't work for his experiment of curing the bad brains, he wasn't deterred from giving it another shot in 1917. Uh, this uh-oh, time. Uh-oh, uh-oh, whoopsie, whoopsie-doodle. He is going to cross Adolf's path. So that's right, he's crossing Adolf's path right now. Their paths this are time. crossed. This is I World mean, War I. The Russian Revolution is happening. Lenin is maybe, next door. Trotsky is down the road. <sighs> I don't want to, like, maybe they both ordered uh, a, a venti double mocha over at the cat. Maybe they're on the other side of the cafe. If he's never still know. in Austria. When that didn't work, and we're in 1917, he gives it another shot. This time, he's going to use full-blown malaria inoculation. Be- Not a protein extracted from malaria. No, just, just malaria. Just full-blown malaria. Just malaria. So much malaria, no amount of gin and tonics will save you. This ward that he was working with in particular, Nathan, at the uh, lunatic asylum was a late stage syphilis ward. Ooh, that's the one where you do start going um, not not right in the brain. That's right. As it progresses, it starts to rot the brain inside out through what's called general paresis of the insane. That sounds just like a very like technical term for they went crazy. Neurosyphilis. Um, that's what they. Yes, that's it, what they hypothesized George the Third had, right? Or like confirmed uh, he had. Y- yes. Uh, who was that abolitionist? Also, the uh, uh, the woman who, not the abolitionist, but the uh, teetotaler. Like she. Oh, the, the one with the hatchet. Oh, oh, right. She, oh my God! There's a very good dollop on her. Uh, bah, bah, yeah, bah, bah. she was stacked. Nope, I'll never get it. It'll never come to me. Well. Still, uh, an American teetotaler uh, and and <laughs> absolutely jacked, went insane late in life because her uh, deadbeat husband fucked a whore, got syphilis, gave it to her, and then late in life she was completely insane from this. That will do it, though. That will happen. 
So this neurosyphilis will infect parts of the brain late in the disease uh, used for speech, motor skills, I, all of it, really. Um, you become paralyzed by the syphilis after some point, and Julius had a vial full of malaria to make it better. That does not seem like it's going to make things better. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. So they gave the patients controlled doses of Plasmodium vivax malaria. Controlled, of course, as they could be, considering that no matter how strong of a dose, the fever was liable to kill the patient, depending on a number of uncontrollable variables. The most controllable variable is just not giving them malaria. Not giving them but malaria! <laughs> but Julius was confident that if he delivered it in proximity to a dose of quinine, the best drug for malaria at the time, well... He was confident that he could kill the infection before the syphilis killed the patient. Gin and tonic time. Let's go, boys. <laughs> except except none of the tonic. Just gin to the brain. Well, no, but the tonic's where the quinine is. That's why gin Oh, shit. That's, did you not God, know that? Damn it. That's no, why, I, I thought it was the other way around. No, yeah, no. The quinine's in tonic water. The, the, the Brits were going to drink the gin regardless. The tonic was there to keep the mosquitoes away. And the and the craziness from the malaria. Honestly, the gin was to make the quinine more palatable. Uh, very likely, yes, 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 yes. And Nathan, in a in a non-zero number of cases, Julius was right. Now, between th between three and twenty percent of patients that's a large were killed. Delta. That's a large. We're killed. We're killed. Oh, even better, even better. We've killed twenty percent. Roughly one out of five patients on average were killed by the fevers. That is unavoidable, fucked up. It's a stupid idea that he had. But the remainder were given a temporary reprieve. Temporary, of course. Because but they're nearly about to die. <laughs> and nearly 60% of those surviving patients would relapse even with further treatment. And that relapse would take about two years. Typically which was more than could be said for most. And that's two years that your brain is not completely rotted out. You're actually functioning. Now, pyrotherapy wasn't all malaria, but it was certainly the weirdest and most reckless method of inducing it. Other artificially induced fevers were achieved by other researchers in the decades to come with uh, electric blankets, hot water, warm air, um, even jacked up retro tanning booths. I Like, I don't even know what to call that one besides like a human oven they look like iron lungs but they're but they cooking just get crazy hot. out of you they just get yes. hot yes some like it hot so maybe pyrotherapy was a little less than an exact science maybe maybe <laughs> you just know. a little bit just a little itty bitty you know like three to twenty percent of the time not an exact science don't kill people carry a nation jesus christ i could not think of that woman's yes. name it was gonna drive me goddamn insane Really weird name. And maybe he risked the lives of an entire ward of patients uh, by giving them a debilitating infection. Yeah, it does kind of seem like he did do that. But damage control over here. Consider that if you're too sick with malaria to move, you're also too sick to be crazy anymore. And that's what I kind of thought. This was a very win-win situation for him because either they got sick and died and then they're not, they're definitely not wards of the state at that point, or I've cured them, which you're not going to do, um, or you don't cure them and no one can tell because they're crazy anyway. 
Now, Nathan, with all that in mind, it's a no-brainer that in 1927, Julius was not only nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, but won the damn thing. For killing 20% of his patients with malaria? Why not give mosquitoes a Nobel Prize at that point? (laughs) They killed far more people with malaria. Of course, uh, Julius's treatment wasn't even remotely effective at treating the mental illnesses we're more familiar with. See, anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, all of which are not a germ that you can attack in the brain, as opposed to neurosyphilis. Now, your white blood cells, uh, they just don't have a natural antipsychotic, I'm afraid. If they did, we'd be sucking that sweet tit all day, every day. Human vampires would be a <laughs> pump the serotonin button into everywhere. Me. Gulp, gulp, gulp. Mm, I feel better. Uh-huh. That said, it was probably an aspiration of his to cure those things as well. Something I infer from his more personal beliefs, which came to light later in life. Not long after his death on September 27th, 1940, would relatives sorting through his estate find a souvenir of his descent into eugenics. Oh, he is coming down the Hitler path. They found a application he had filed to join the Nazi party. Pew, pew, pew. In the late 1930s, shot called, shot called, Julius uh, was swept up in the rhetoric of Adolf Hitler and became ensconced with anti-Semitism, eugenics, and racial purity among his uh, many of his Austrian countrymen. His application was rejected on account of his wife's Jewish heritage. And uh, Nathan, you and I can only imagine how happy that marriage must have been. Ah, you mm, just so... Mwah, mwah. Just I Magnifique. love it when I, I I love it when I from downtown them. It never never stops feeling good. Remember when he added iodine to the salt supply? I in do Vienna? for the goiters. Treating those goiters. Well, I speculate that he was driven by uh, another symptom of iodine deficiency. Oh. He was motivated by another part, um, a birth defect then known as cretinism. Cretinism was basically any deformity, either physical or mental, that served as a catch-all term for, you don't want this, fix it with uh, pure genes. Oh, okay. So if you're, if someone calls you a cretin, which is an insult from ye old timey times, mm-hmm. uh, that, that basically just means, eh, get better blood. Yes. I mean, they're calling you like a, I, I don't fucking know, like a mongoloid. Okay. Yeah, no, that 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 makes sense. That it's it's garbage and humanity sucks and I hate it and I want to die. Yes, it's terrible. Um, it's quite terrible. I think all the power of that word has been taken away and now if you say cretin, people don't have the shock and awe uh uh reaction that a word like retarded has today, but uh mm, but, but, but instead what the hard are? I mean, I'm saying it in context. I don't love uh, it, but but I don't like it either. But uh Instead, Cretan has more of like a D&D LARPer vibe to Thank it you. that just nobody is offended by. Because if you the only people it. that know it are giant nerds and you can just give them a wedgie and move on. And precisely. Precisely. Or a verabu. Um, it's especially poignant. I think my, and this is me postulating, obviously, but he had comments on Cretanism, and it is a surefire result of iodine deficiency. So I find it especially poignant that he was rallying against 
all the fucking bad blood in our community and all these gross goblins that are being birthed because you weird, I don't know, Hebrews are allowed to breed in my community. When in fact, he should have known because he treated it that this was a iodine deficiency symptom. That it's a birth defect. It's not a matter of racial or genetic superiority or anything like that. Well, and, and still, he he was smitten by it. You see, this, he loved it. You see this all the time. You see this in almost every time. I mean, we're seeing it with you see it with COVID. You have doctors coming out. You have they can find doctors that'll come out left, right, and center and say this isn't anything, and it's all all nonsense and and shenanigans and and non belief. And these don't. It, it's uh, there is it is a. The human experience is is such that I will never be surprised when someone who absolutely should know better chooses not to for reasons of it makes my ideology easier and that lets me sleep at night. Yep. My overarching yep, it, worldview cannot change. The small things about science I know can to fit within that worldview. Yep. Tickles my little barbaric tribal brain. Yep. Yeah. Despite his very loud participation in the worst movement of 20th century Europe, um, uh, Julius's legacy... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Help me out here. Have you heard... Nope, I got nothing. Yeah, no, Nazis were the worst. Nazis were the worst. blur. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that... What? (laughs) I will hear nothing against blur and or the gorillas by extension. I walk it it back. I meant Oasis. Now... (laughs) Even oh, still, I will come through this computer at you. Yeah, the um, Leah Manola a curse. But even still, even still, Julius's legacy is unfortunately protected by his bizarre contributions to medical research and that big old gold-plated Nobel Prize. What contribution? So again, so obviously, <laughs> you know, there, the cookie cookie. <laughs> there is there is no contribution of I gave people malaria and that didn't cure them because it's, there is no like continuation of that. It's not like, and from that we learned that if you give people a little bit less malaria and put it in a nice pill and call it citalopram, they're less crazy on a minute to minute basis. Um, that didn't happen. So what is his <laughs> contribution to society other than looking very fuckable in that one picture you sent me? Now the, the thing about it, like pyrotherapy is dumb. Yeah. And it does not really, it's, it's a, I guess, semi-valid treatment for like something that can actually be attacked like a germ inducing fevers because fevers are effective if you can, you know, keep the person from dying. If you of could them. control them and keep them from, you know, going all nuclear reactor and running out of control. Exactly. Yeah. Instead, it's like harnessing a wildfire and just hoping, yeah, I'll, I'll put this Chemo, out like it's bad. Chemotherapy. Don't worry about it. Chemotherapy. Yes. You poison a person. You poison a person just enough to kill something without killing the whole person. And that is kind of the legacy he left. I mean, pyrotherapy went on without him. It went into the electric age. It went into bizarre 1940s fallout looking appliances that are designed to cook dad until he's not crazy anymore. <laughs> um, and and that earns him, you know, I mean, he gets the Nobel Prize and maybe that alone is enough of a big shield on his legacy of he was er- he earned a Nobel Prize in a, a series of decades where this wasn't a completely stupid idea. <laughs> I would love to go back and find everyone that won a Nobel Prize and figure out how what percentage of them are just giant garbage people with no actual contributions to the world. I'm going to bet it's higher than 50%. I can think of a president. Oh, I his, got name one. Slips my t- his name slips my tongue. I got one. <laughs> I got one. 
don't need that many more. Uh, the European Union won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2012. What? Did you know that? Pardon? What? The whole union. Uh, a landmass. We're giving it yes. to landmasses now. A, a geopolitical treaty. An entity. Yes. That, what, fuck <laughs> off. It was like their 60th anniversary and they're like, ah, oh, we can't think of anything better. We, uh, no one has done anything of merit this year. Enjoy. McDonald's is going to get one at some point just for shits and grins. <laughs> hey, Ronald needs this. He does. I mean, he's been I'm down not, and out. He's had a rough go. And I think they've kicked him out of the PR scene. I have oh. not seen Ronald in a piece of, of, of media in so long. I mean, I'm worried. I mean, have they silently phased him out? When Pennywise kind of took over, it becomes Ooh. risky to keep Ronald in the scene as your as your happy go lucky guy. You're a hop, skip, and a jump from some bad connotations. A hop, skip, and a jump from bad connotations. Folks, you've been listening to the Cock and Bull podcast, a history thing. Uh, we want to thank Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song, There Were Buffalo on the Ark, off the album Cholera. Uh, each of us have links to our own respective shows down in the description of this episode and all episodes that have come before. Uh, you can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and I guess we're going to start doing minute-long cock and bulls on TikTok. I want to find a way. I think we could do it. Um, is it still legal to download that? I've never tried once. Yes, I don't. Yes, I, scroll, I don't connect I, with you I constantly today. scroll it all day, every day. It's fantastic. I love that app. I thought it was like a Flappy Bird sitch of like it's it's the Legacy Club. If you no, didn't download it already, no, it's gone. No, no, no. You can get it, man. You can get it. They 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 balked on that one. My brother's more in touch with the youth of today than the I am. The revolution. The revolution would have come if you'd have taken TikTok. I, <laughs> the oh, uh, Nathan, is there anything else we got to plug? Anything at all? Uh, um, I don't have no. I I we I think we've plugged this ship full of holes and full of cocaine and full of malaria. And we're listing, we're taking on water, but damn it, we only have so many wine corks <laughs> and, and robotussin nozzles. <laughs> well, fare thee well, folks. Nathan's about to open his third eye. Ta-ta!